Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Teen Girl Talk. Teen Girl Talk. I'm Susie Coda. I'm Frank Coda. And this week we are Scream. And uh, just, you know, to make this episode make more sense, um, we tried recording it yesterday, but I had watched the first three episodes of season three, thinking it was season one. Frank had correctly watched the first three episodes of season one and had no idea what I was talking about when I did the plot summary. And then he said, Susie, you watched season three. And I was like, oh, goodness, I did. So (laughs) what ended up happening is I watched the first three episodes of season one and did not like them um and frank i texted frank and said i missed season three so then frank watched season three so now we're gonna do a little bit of contrast and compare and also we have a listener email um from zo that gives a little bit of history about scream and i know what you did last summer so i'm gonna read that first And then we will get right into it because I feel like we have a lot to talk about. So um, her email, the subject line is, I know what you did last summer, scream and more fun wrecks. Hi, Frank and Susie. I love the episode on I know what you did last summer. I had attended a Hollywood Forever cemetery screening the day it came out to watch the movie in the first episode and couldn't wait to hear your thoughts on it, especially with it being so different from the movie. The reference you guys were searching for was in the first episode when Lennon tells Allison she's a virgin who doesn't have a driver's license. And Allison asks, did you just misquote Clueless at me? And now a barrage of fun facts on the cast tied in with the recommendations. Kelly Craft is played by Chrissy Fitt, who is also in the TGT movie Teen Beach movie. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that movie. (laughs) Spencer Sutherland, who plays Himbo Dale, is a super talented singer seen him twice live, The Man's Got Pipes, and was recently in the Bonkers Netflix movie Afterlife of the Party. I definitely recommend it for an extra credit episode because while it feels like a teen movie, the characters are about 25. And it also has another TGT favorite, Majori Francis, a.k.a. Lily from Dash and Lily. Madison Isman, who almost too believably plays Lennon and Allison, is in Annabelle Comes Home, which I feel like is a great teen horror movie. Brianna Tijoux, who plays Margot, is also in the Screen TV series. Oh, yep. Okay. This is a Susie note. I thought she looked familiar, and now that makes sense, which I thought was a lot of fun. The ghost face mask is not great, but the first two seasons are. Wouldn't even bother with the third season because it moved from MTV to VH1, completely changed the cast and storyline, then buried it when it was released. And my last recommendation, which is not related to I Know What You Did Last Summer, I really think you guys would love One of Us is Lying on Peacock. 
They just finished releasing all the episodes, and it was incredible as both an adaptation of the book by Karen McManus and as a standalone because they changed quite a bit, leaving the possibility of a second season. It's a perfect blend of The Breakfast Club, Gossip Girl, and Murder. I hope you're both doing well. Again, your episodes keep me company. Best so. So, so thank you so much. Um, thank you. Yes, I am super envious that you got to uh, watch a movie at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. I follow a cat Instagram called, I think it's like uh, Close Up the Forever Cemetery Cat, something like that. And <clears throat> I, I would love to go there someday. Um, <laughs> I, so I think that my viewing of Scream was completely sort of... Um, influenced by the fact that I watched the wrong season first because I think that the third season does feel so different than the first season and it I think it's really depends on which vibe you're going for so I think for the first half of the podcast episode we talk about season one and then the second half we talk about season three because I think there are parallels but they really are like I'm super surprised they just even kept it in the screen universe for the third season. I mean, well, that, what's funny is I, I think the opposite, like this, the first season feels so not scream to me. Okay. Like now, mind you, this is somebody who's never seen any of the movies. Um, okay. <laughs> well, that makes a difference. I feel like we definitely need that disclaimer. Yeah. Okay. And here's the thing. Like, I will give this show credit that like, it um i feel like it's a good transition from you know something that okay so like you know the original scream movies all came out in the early aughts mm-hmm. um was and, it 94 is that why in the first season the killer there it all happened in 94 i'm looking it up um because the sort of the mythology 96. Okay. The mythology of um, the first season of Scream has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. So, like yeah. in the movie, spoiler alert for like a 25 year old movie, um, the killers are Ski Ulrich and Matthew Lillard. And then they end up like murdering each other. I think I don't remember specifically. But the twist was, it's like, oh, the killer's inside the house. It was just these two fucked up teen boys who look like they're in their mid to late 20s. Um, I wonder what happened to Skeet Ulrich. He's on Riverdale, right? Yeah. Wasn't he the dad? Yes. I remember thinking he was very hot in Riverdale. He was Jughead's dad. That's what I thought. And I remember thinking he was, like, really hot. And I wanted one of those, like, Riverdale motorcycle... (laughs) like snake jacket gang coats really bad um also do you remember the party episode where he had to be like the voice of reason yes <laughs> I just, think, like... that party seemed like such a mess there was like eight people at it and like the energy was really weird well, well there was eight people to begin with then it became like a rager because i remember there's that whole thing where you were just like i'm so happy these kids are having fun like it shows them jumping up and down and whatnot Oh, well, yeah, because everyone on that show is so sad and miserable all of the time. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, things have really taken a turn when, like, F.P. Jones is, like, the voice of reason. But anyway, that's neither here nor there about Scream. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> the, thing, the thing with the original Scream movies is they were very much locked into 90s, late 90s technology. You know, the landline. Like, oh, I have to answer my call. Oh, you know, there's only so many places they can call from. And the other confusing part is that everyone in this show consistently answers their cell phones, even if it's an unknown number, which I don't think I've ever done in my life. (laughs) The beauty with cell phones is that you can just let it go to voicemail. And if you decide to check it eventually, you can. But the likelihood of that happening is very low. In, in the words of Annie from um, Community, oh my God, she was born in the 80s. She still uses her phone like a phone. Yeah. Um, and so, so, like, it makes it a little less believable, I think. I mean, you know, like, and this is kind of my thing about, like, 
the first season. Because the first season, it's mostly text messages, except when the killer is calling Emma. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like... And I liked that, like, they were playing with um, who the text, mes- text messages were coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just like, oh, I got this text message from you. I was like, I didn't send that text message. And it's just like, like oh, they... they... Was the killer spoofing the number then? I guess. Um... Okay, I don't know who the killer in the first season was, but I am going to guess that it was the cop's son. And the cop's son is actually the long-lost baby of the murderer. (laughs) Okay, so I don't want to give anything away, but I did look up who the killer was because I'm like, I don't really feel a need to go back to this. Do you want to know who it is? Yeah, but just bleep it. Okay, um, it's... Stop it! So it was Dan Humphrey. Oh, man. (laughs) I can't find... I know that I put... What is it, like, Brandon Boyd or whatever is the murderer that had the mask? What is his name? Lead singer from uh, Placebo? (laughs) Incubus? Incubus, damn it. <laughs> this is a mess. Okay, so let's just do broad strokes of season one, because I feel like we're already kind of, like, dissolving into nonsense. Okay, see, season one shows the goth girl from the movie Dumplin', um, Bex something, uh, making out with a girl. Meanwhile, people are videotaping it like a bunch of gross-outs. Uh, it turns out it's Bella Thorne and her friends, and honestly, like, I don't care for Bella Thorne. And we've discussed how we don't care for Bella Thorne in her sex worker shaming ways. Um, and just, like, general kind of, like, shittiness. Yeah. Um, but the social media sort of proxies that they use are hysterical. Twitter is chirper. YouTube is, like, clip... Clipalicious. Oh, God. Awful. Like... But- Here's the thing, like, they, they came up, this is the thing that bothered me about season one, because, like, at later, they're talking about Instagram and Facebook, and I'm like, wait, why didn't you just use YouTube? I don't and... think that they could get the clearance in the pilot. I think they made the pilot, the pilot had to get picked up by MTV. Queen Latifah came on as a producer, as well as Wes Craven, but I think the pilot might have been made before it had big names, like backing it and like Google and Facebook are not going to give clearance for their stuff to be used in the same way that like in the lifetime movies, they're always like search it. Yeah. Or like, um, that one movie where Paxton from never been kissed or never have I ever, um, was the killer that Instagram one. Insta-killer. Yeah. (laughs) See, I love it because I don't believe they ever say Instagram through the whole film, but it is clearly coded as Instagram, and the main character makes that hideous clothing and is like, Mom, I need a following. If you don't know what I'm talking about, feel free to go back to the episode where we cover Insta-killer because I... It was, like, in the point where we were completely obsessed with Lifetime movies, and it was, you know, just bringing us life. What do you mean, were? <laughs> we have not returned to the Lifetime well in a lot a while. Yeah, like, like I, I was cruising through, like, the Lifetime selection at our mom's house the other day, and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, God, it's just like a gold mine of all these, of, of nonsense. Um, it's just like they're, like, smash some words together. Yeah. It's totally uh, a movie now. Yeah. I love when people do the breakdowns of like how to title a lifetime movie. It's like evil, sinister, stepdad, stepmom, daughter, son, never a son, <laughs> always a daughter, um, <laughs> surrogate, <laughs> fiance, <laughs> mommy to be. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we see Bella Thorne, and, like, Also, she... never forget when 
the villain in a Lifetime movie reached out to us to clarify uh, our skepticism about dynamite staying lit in the ocean. Yes. Um, it was one of our high moments. But yes, so Bella Thorne plays Nina. Nina is coded as the worst person ever. <laughs> um, she's a bully. Her boyfriend... Okay, this is... Her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend Tyler supposedly helps her post this video, this purposeful outing video on Clipalicious, aka YouTube. Why is Nina unable to post a YouTube video herself? <laughs> yeah, a lot of this doesn't make sense. Um... Because we are led to believe that the teens have the capacity to hack into people's web cameras, um, hack into home security systems, spoof numbers, track email addresses, track web accounts. But Nina, who is clearly privileged, lives in like a gigantic house, can't post a YouTube video that she took on her phone. Um, And the other part is, for whatever reason, they sent this video through the group chat, even though they were all together at the time, which is also bizarre. Because and, and why? Our hero, and our hero, Emma, was like, like we all decided we weren't going to share it. That's why we sent it to the group chat. And I'm like, you, like Emma, you're full of nonsense. Um, the other so thing... Emma and Will are super unlikable characters. Like, from... The minute we're introduced to them, and and again, this makes like no sense, right? So they needed Will to be occupied the previous night and to blow off Emma so that she would be suspicious and upset with him. But that means that Will just showed up at Emma's house at like three, four in the morning to to actually study. And her Emma's mom is like super okay with this. What world is this? And then she, uh, Emma asks Will, do you want to stay for breakfast? And he's like, no, I got to go. And Emma's mom comes downstairs and is like, oh, is that Will here in the middle of the night? I totally believe you guys just studied. What? Yeah. Like, in what (laughs) universe? Also, Will is acting shady as hell the whole time. And then Emma is shocked when it turns out that he was sleeping with Nina, too. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like the show immediately wants to have it both ways, right? Like, Emma is is caught up in the popular crowd, but she is genuinely a good person, which I don't really feel like is true. And, you know, although she's part of the group that outed... Audrey. Uh, Audrey and Rachel, you know, she genuinely didn't want to do it. Okay, well, at that point, you probably wouldn't hang out with your friends anymore. But instead... After the whole thing goes viral and blows up at the high school, she's like, oh, why don't you come to a party with the people that I know outed you? A party to memorialize Nina, who was the person who did it. How does that make any sense? It doesn't. Like, that honest- apology. Like, honestly, I just did not care for any of the characters. Like... <laughs> You know, and like this I is. I liked. Oh gosh, she dies in Riley? episode three. Yes, Riley. Okay, I, yeah. I thought Riley was really nice. Riley was nice. Um, and she liked that nerd boy. Yeah. Who, um, even though he kept giving unsavory and completely bizarre monologues about horror films, which is also something that happens in season three, but they don't play like swelling strings under it, so like it's not as jarring. Okay, so yes, this is kind of my thing about season one of Riverdale. Not, oh my god, season one of Scream is it felt so much like not. I just had a very bad idea where we pick up Riverdale wherever it is now without (laughs) filling in any of the blanks from when we watched it two years ago, and then we try to guess what has happened. (laughs) What do you mean, bad idea? like soap opera syndrome where they've had to heighten to the point where I'm sure like Veronica is part of a sleeper cell now and like <laughs> Betty is you know like selling things online on the black market and Jughead is part of some sort of cabaret <laughs> Susie let me just put it this way they're bringing in Sabrina Spellman 
into like the Riverdale canon. So we 1000% have to do this. <laughs> yes. Like, 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 you know, Sabrina, magic is real apparently in Riverdale now. Spellman. And also Satan. <laughs> of course. Wait, is that Satan that hunky sort of minotaur that I've seen in pictures on Tumblr with Sabrina? Possibly. Um, <laughs> Who knows? Who, it, who's to say? <laughs> but like, my thing with season one is it just felt so much just kind of generic like to what MTV produces and just like what a lot of people like the what a lot of people produce where it's just like look at these people who are so super rich just going about their day oh no like they have secrets oh no they're getting killed and I'm just like I don't really care like I like so the thing the complication with season three oh, that I really oh go ahead well I was gonna say also with um with with the the character the nerd character who's mm-hmm. giving the monologues I'm just like the, we just took Jughead Jones like his role from Riverdale where instead of him writing a book he's sitting in an English class with a you know pervert teacher um and just explaining all this stuff about horror movies and it always feels sho- like shoehorned in you know oh speaking of which we forgot to do trigger warnings we are going to be talking about suicide self harm predatory teachers like come on mtv um because this is post pretty little liars right oh yeah definitely like pretty little liars had already just wrung out every drop of juice they had in ezra um and then uh for season three we're going to be talking about like sibling death uh bullying um Racism. I think that covers everything. Yeah, I'd say so. A lot of violence. All of this, uh, we're going to occur a lot of violence. But so basically the way that season, the first three episodes of season one rolls out is people continue dying. But the only death people that is mostly spoken about is Nina's. Like, even in death, Nina has managed to kind of take the focus. And it's a little bit bizarre because um, no one really seemed to like Nina. And uh, there is sort of, it's implied that um, she seduced other dudes. I can't remember Will's friend's name. Um he's kind of like a himbo-y troublemaker and him and Will and Tyler. Oh, Tyler was killed at the same time as Nina. Um, We saw his head get thrown in the pool, but then the killer took his car and his body and his phone and has been kind of like catfishing as Tyler in the later episodes. So after we see, um, we're starting to see like more behind the veil of Nina uh, and that Tyler, the murders are getting pinned on Tyler, but it seems like Will and his ding dong friend were like maybe live streaming Nina's from like Nina's room without her knowledge. Because there's a discussion of cleaning off desktops, which what kind of maniac saves incriminating stuff to their desktop, not even in a folder on the desktop. But straight to the desktop, and Will says, I don't want to go to jail. And his friend's like, I got you. And then drags the incriminating files into a folder on the desktop. And I'm like, that's not a solution. What are you doing? Yeah, it's just, like. Like, where did they get that cash? Why was it buried in a box in the woods? Why would Will's friend, can you please look up his name because so I can stop calling him Will's friend? But why would Will's friend drive his pickup truck, his huge pickup truck that has been graffitied with the word douche, but spelled D O O S H, which I thought was a funny touch, into the forest? Like, trying to not look suspicious, let me just off road in my gigantic F 150. No one will ever see me to dig up a box that is no less than maybe a half an inch to an inch under the ground and find out that the cash is gone. It also uh, seems like the cash was probably not even in a plastic bag. So it would have been ruined from being in a box in the forest. Uh, his name is Jake. Okay. Right. 
So Jake. Which how which scream? How dare you? How dare you disgrace the good name of Jake? Why? Why is that a good name? Uh, Jake from the Animorphs. Oh, sorry. Of course. <laughs> My deepest apologies. Um, yeah. Don't apologize so, to me, Susie. Apologize to Jake. Jake, I'm sorry. Jake from Animorphs, I'm sorry. Jake from Scream, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so he rightfully accuses the nerd guy in front of... Oh, there is a podcaster wearing just the most obvious wig in town to cover Nina's death. Again, half a dozen other people have died. Um, they are trying to connect this with a killer from 1994 who was obsessed with Emma's mom, who at the time went by Daisy and decided, you know, this was an incredibly traumatic experience. My now husband almost died from being attacked by the serial killer, but why would I move town? Everyone will just, I guess, develop amnesia and forget (laughs) that I was Daisy. They're in the same town! And she's like, only my family called me Daisy. Are you telling me in the small town of Lakewood that nobody else connected the dots that Daisy slash Emma's mom was used as bait to lure the killer out onto a pier where he was gunned down by police and she has just lived in anonymity where the horror-obsessed nerd guy was like, I tried to figure out who Daisy is, but who knows? And then the chief of police now didn't even make the connection that she's Daisy. Even though he has all the old files. Wait, did Emma's dad work for the police station? I don't know. Because she says, you know, I was a minor, so my dad kept my name out of the police records. Well, the records would be sealed, but her name would probably be in the records. Well, the, the other thing, the other thing is that just like, People hear you get called by certain nicknames. You know, if your parents only call you by a certain nickname, other people are going to hear it. Like, none of this makes any sense. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Um, oh, let's see. I think, are we, we're good to move to season three, I think. Yeah, like I, like I didn't care for season one at all. Like it, it wasn't. I think in- season one serves a much different niche than season three. Yeah. Also, the scream mask in season one is boo boo, and apparently, initially, Wes Craven was like, again, a producer on the show, was like, and Wes Craven did the original Scream um, movie. He was like, okay, I'm okay with this. And then later he's like, I don't like it. So then in season three, they bring back the old Scream mask and it figures very, very heavily into the plot. Yeah. Um, Okay, so season three um, opens with a nurse giving too much information to a child. Um, That's not accurate, right? (laughs) we the scene opens. It's a vignette that will not really be connected to the rest of the show, but there is a woman in a bathrobe 
chopping up an extreme amount of tomatoes for what I am going to figure is salsa. She hears the doorbell ring. She takes off the bathroom. She is wearing a sexy nurse costume. She is, I have to assume, not a licensed nurse. Okay, well, I'm... (laughs) Shorthand. Um, but like, Shorthand. But Frank, if they have not watched the show, it is confusing. I, when you say a nurse gives too much information to a child, I assume that the child is sick. We are in a hospital setting, and she is just telling him too much about his diagnosis. So she asked. The, the only reason I'm like really drilling down into this scene is because it makes little to no sense because she says to the child and and for a scene that's not gonna go anywhere like she gets a phone call it's like kind of an iteration of the do you like scary movies and then she um goes she sees like a scream face mask the traditional one run by her sliding doors she answers her front door that's the mask there she says aren't you supposed to trick me she gets stabbed with a fake retractable knife. She makes a joke about how her, I have to assume, fake breasts were expensive. Gives the kid a twins bar, which I guess is off-brand Twix. And the child runs away. The child who we will come to know as... Dion. No, that's not that's Dion. Marcus. 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 Um, <clears throat> is bullied by... Uh, Tommy oh, Jenkins. Gosh. Tommy Jenkins. Yeah, which is like almost like a Stephen King level bully name. Um, and so then Dion, his twin brother, says, you know, I'll get your candy back. It's been thrown over the fence in a junkyard um, owned by the hook man. Uh, we see Marcus. Well, first, Dion finds the bag of candy and then Marcus is attacked by the hook man and we see it is going really really poorly for him hard cut to eight years later yeah um so yeah now we see um dion um he's running to school and uh sorry amir is on the bus and dion he says to dion that he's running late I assumed they were friends. They are not friends. Um, Amir is played by C.G. Wallace, who is the son of Faith Evans and the Notorious B.I.G. And Dion is played by R.J. Styler, who has been in a ton of young adult movies. He's been in a CGT movie. Um, he was in the Power Rangers reboot. And... I've always really liked him as like the sidekick. So I'm glad that he has a starring role now because he's very funny and like me or all the dying girl, everything, everything. And so, and you know, the farther he moves away from Sarah, Sierra Burgess is a loser, the better. An extreme amount of people in this show in the third season were involved with Sierra Burgess is a loser. It is inexplicable. Um, the woman who plays the goth girl, uh, Georgia Wiggum, was also in Sierra Burgess's Loser. Um, and Ugh. I was just like, why were so many people in that movie? <laughs> uh, so Tyler Posey is also in this. I believe he was in Teen Wolf. Yes. He, um, he's 30, so I feel okay saying this. He's very hot. So he <laughs> plays like a burnout drug dealer. So when they all end up in detention for varying reasons, he climbs through a window because he and the goth girl hook up. Um, the goth girl's name is Beth. Beth. And the power of what the power of having watched this not even two hours ago. Yeah. So he tells them about a party that's being held that night in a warehouse by Mr. Fade. Um, We know for Dion that this is a hard time of year because it's the anniversary of his twin brother's death and it's sort of hinted that there's more going on and there's more beneath uh, the exterior of, you know, just that it's the anniversary and that's hard. 
So um, Dion doesn't particularly want to go to the party. He's very involved with his football team, and there is a big game coming up. And he is sort of at odds with uh, this other player who is trying to get involved with um, Liv, who has just moved to town, and... um, she is seems interested in Dion, but the kid who's like not doesn't get to play because of Dion um, is really like really making a play for her. Uh, do you know his name? It's something with an A. Avery. Yes. Yes. So Avery is kind of a jerk and he's way too pushy and he keeps trying to get Liv to wear his jersey because it it's sort of like a proprietary thing where when a girl is involved with a player she wears his jersey on game day and Liv is like not super interested in this but again Avery's being pretty pushy so they all go to the party being handed out at the door by um Tyler Posey aka Shane Shane damn Frank <laughs> got like, that lock. like I said I, I... I was literally watching this up until the moment we started recording. <laughs> yeah. Um, he uh, has, it's a silent was... disco so that the cops don't get called. So everyone is wearing headphones and um, these scream costumes. Oh, so, the... sorry. There's also Kim and Manny. We didn't mention them, but they're two yes. of the best characters. Yes. They're um, very fun. Kim is played by Kiki Palmer, um, who is an absolute delight. And she, she's like she's an activist constantly like calling out injustices um and manny's just kind of her sidekick yeah and so dion is being plagued by like strange phone calls and um someone like a sort of a coded voice that like there's i guess a voice model like modulator involved Mm-hmm. That keeps threatening him with exposing the truth about him and his friends. The killer, in kind of a bizarre turn, has decided that the people that Dion was in detention with, that he is not really friends with, are his best friends and also have a lot of secrets. And at this party, the only way he can prevent people from being killed is to tell them all his deepest, darkest secrets. So, <laughs> And, like... I don't know if, like, I'm cut from a different cloth or, like, if this killer is just off base or, you know, there's misplaced guilt. But, like, if somebody was just, like, my brother was, like, killed when I was 10 and I ran away, I'd be like, that was a smart move. Like, you know. I mean, I guess it, uh, like, I guess it's just sort of expected that you would try to save your sibling, though. Like, yeah. obviously, Dion carries guilt about abandoning his brother, abandoning Marcus. Yeah, but, like, I feel like any reasonable person, like, I feel like it's would be no- it's normal for Dion to feel guilty about this. But any reasonable person would be like, I, I get it. You were 10. What were you going to do? <laughs> you know? Yeah, like- and that's kind of how um, everyone in the group reacts. Excuse me. When he tells them, um, is they're like, okay. You know, and this is sort of the the gelling of the group. This is where they kind of all come together because almost immediately after it, uh, Beth goes back inside. She gets a call. Um, uh, Sorry, I just want to point out that like Dion goes for this like immediately. There's no just like, well, this is probably some kind of joke. He's just like. Uh-oh, somebody knows something. I gotta go. Like, well, because he's been getting twin bars, like, in his backpack, in his locker, right. that say trick-or-treat. And really, he is, other than, I think, the police who took his statement, he's one of the only people that would know that he and Marcus had a discussion about twin bars right before everything happened. Yeah. So I guess he figures like, well, there's somebody that knows and I don't know what they know, but like, it's kind of a problem. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry, you're saying Beth gets a phone call? Oh, so Beth gets a phone call and it's like the same sort of like, oh, do you like scary movies and sort of like a, a sexual innuendo. And she says, 
I certainly hope this isn't Avery, who I hooked up with at a blackout party our freshman year. And for some reason, I still have his phone number in my phone. And then almost immediately after that happens, Avery falls off of a balcony at the party and lands on some rebar and dies, obviously. Um, And everyone has cleared out except for the detention crew. And they're kind of like, we have to go figure this out. And Liv says, like, I can't be here when my dad gets here. Um, You know, he's a cop. And so then they all kind of regroup and decide they need to figure out who this is because they're all, you know, scared and fearful for their lives. But it's again, it's like the strange thing that happened in season one where people will continue to die and it's there's mostly only a discussion around Avery dying and they hold and I I believe this is purposeful like the principal is played like super dispassionate kind of like well what are you gonna do about Avery's death but I felt like that was sort of a strange decision for the show to make well I mean you know, I do feel like part of it is like the the reason I like season three more is because like it the the show doesn't you know uh, kind of hammer it home, but it does make it does have you make certain assumptions about these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like later in season three, like you know we find out what actually happened to Marcus, mm-hmm. and um, Hookman says like I attacked this kid. Um, Thinking, you know, because I, you know, I'm a Vietnam veteran. I was having a flashback. I saw shadows running around my property and I attacked. But then I realized who he was and I like stopped myself. And then he's like, but I couldn't find Marcus. He ran off. Mm -hmm. And he's like, the cops weren't going to look for a black kid for that long, you know. And he says that they were there and gone within the day. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of, like, you know, Avery gets a whole assembly, and then other people die, and it's just like, meh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, the pictures they have of Avery at this memorial are bizarre. They look like uh, mugshots. They are not great. Um, so... Kim is the next one to sort of encounter in episode two. She encounters the killer because she's going home and um, uh, Latavius is kind of like calling out to her uh, as she walks into her apartment and she has a stack of movies from the red box and she (laughs) is doing her research because Beth keeps explaining horror movies to them and, you know, how this is going to play out and what they have to avoid. And Kim says, well, this is not like when she ends up meeting up with them again after the killer threatens her and murders Latavius and the cops are unhelpful. She says, well, this is not like those horror movies. Those are white people in white places with white probable, like making white mistakes. And she mentions Jordan Peele and says that they are going to, um, like actively pursue the murderer she said you know we're gonna make our own rules we we are basically we're gonna flip the conversation so their plan is because they decide that it is shane because shane through the party shane is probably mr fade who is supposedly the organizer that puts together these parties and um now they're going to lure him I, this is what I find confusing. So Shane holds up a pharmacist in the Scream costume. Uh, Beth and Amir go to get money from Amir's parents' donut shop so that they can fake making a deal with Shane. But later we see Shane give the pharmaceuticals to, I have to assume it's his mom or his grandma, who seems to be dying of something. Were those the same drugs he was going to deal to Beth? Or are those, like, just drugs independent of that that his, the person he's caregiving for needs? 
Well, I think let me see if I can pull it up uh, on my phone without you know playing it, because um, he hands him a list, and like mm-hmm. the the top parts are like hydrocodone, morphine, oxycodone, which are all you know big street drugs, um, and also this is one of the dankest looking pharmacies we I've ever seen. There's like, exactly one person working at this pharmacy. The pharmacist counting out pills in the dimmest, darkest pharmacy ever. Yeah. Um, and like also as you know, somebody who's been a pharmacy tech. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. I'm looking. I'm looking at the list right now. So the first four hydromorphone. Uh, most. Yeah, the last two are medications you would give to somebody who's sick. Atropine and um, procrotherazine. Procrotherazine is an anti... The last two are anti-nausea medications. Oh, okay, so maybe she's um, receiving some sort of treatment that induces nausea. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like, and I'm just like, those would be in a safe... And, you know, like... I don't know. Maybe not in the dankiest pharmacy ever. <laughs> it's just like, you want to rob me? you got to find the meds first. Yeah. So um, I, I didn't bring a flashlight. we we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see Shane meet his end pretty soon. He gets lured outside. Um, well, first, we have, like, a very interesting game of cat and mouse in a school where they they like tie up Shane after knocking him out, and Shane's like, "Look, I've been getting weird texts too. Number one and number two, like, you know." And why I, isn't he on there? Is it because he's at practice? He's he's at football practice. <laughs> okay. Um, and then they decide to split up. Uh, Manny and Kim go one way. Uh, Beth. And Amir go another, and Shane is just left to his own devices. Um, and that's when it turns out Shane is not, like, you know, a badass gangster like he wants to be. He's just a scared boy. Yeah, because he is confronted by the scream killer, but he can't pull the trigger. So yeah. um, then uh, Kim becomes... Kim has left Manny in a classroom because she's afraid he's going to have an asthma attack. So she is super frustrated with Shane. The killer gets away. Beth and Amir are in a storage closet and they're about to make out or whatever, but Amir um, kind of holds back. And then they all split up um, when Beth and Amir go to pick up the money at his parents' shop. Uh, she's flirting with him. It kind of seems like it's going to go down again, but then he's like, I don't, you know, I was raised right. I, I feel like I can't do this. Beth takes like personal offense to this and Beth's logic. I know that it's grounded in like low self-esteem because she's offended that he's turned down hooking up to be friends but then she keeps trying to turn it on Amir and Amir's like, I really don't understand why you're upset about this. I'm saying I want to be around you. And she is suspecting of him of having ulterior motives, but that like kind of doesn't gel with like, if he did, he would have just hooked up with her. Yeah. Like the whole thing about being a, you know, capital N capital E nice guy is you're being nice to have sex. Yeah. And Amir was offered the sex. He's like, no, I just want to be a friend. She's like, what is your real game? And it's just like. Yeah, she's what? like, what's your problem? And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, it's just, he's like, I'm actually here to talk to you about Arbon. Um, I'm, oh, I like, thought you were going to say about your sa- our savior. <laughs> it's just like, he's like, look, I've been selling, um, I've been selling those ugly, uh, you know, MLM you know, leggings on the side. I want you to get in, get in on it. I, I think this is a super great opportunity for you. <laughs> Let's sell leggings on Facebook. She's like, damn it. Not again. I knew this was coming. <laughs> Every time I meet a guy, he either friend zones me or he wants to sell me leggings or have me sell leggings. <laughs> She's uh, like, 
I should have known. <laughs> it's like, I trusted you, Amir. I trusted you. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. He's like, let me tell you about these essential oils. Oh, my God. Okay, so... um. Oh, boy. Okay, so what do we really want to hit before closing out this app? Um, also, uh, Dion has another brother named Jay. Oh, played by Tyga. This was confusing. <laughs> Frank doesn't know who Tyga is. He's a rapper and he's married. Maybe not married. He has a kid with one of the Kardashians, I think. All right, now I remember this. Um <laughs> He is a decent actor. I was legitimately surprised. Yeah. Um, Frank's but, like, like, yeah, whatever. But I was very confused about, like, their half-brothers? Do they have the same mom? Yes. No. They have okay. the same dad. Uh, Dion and Marcus was their his their dad's secret family. And then after they lost Marcus, um, his, Tyga's dad slash Marcus Dion's dad left Tyga's mom to come live with Dion and Marcus's mom and it really like it deeply hurt Tyga's mom which is why he is kind of upset about the family I mean I get that <laughs> yeah I mean um, and why he's so mad at his father and Dion's like come on dad's just trying to earn money for us and Tyga's like are you like joking like what <laughs> you think he's gone for legitimate reasons knowing that you guys were the secret family the whole time okay yeah that that makes sense yeah anyway um but kim also imagines a just amazing funeral um well she asked manny like since we're on the brink of death due to being stalked by a serial killer what would your um ideal funeral be and manny's like i don't want to play this game and she has, um, like, a very good plan, along with a lot of contingencies, and eventually her and Manny have that conversation, and unfortunately, in the next episode, so I know that the show is, like, purposely taking us by the hand and saying, like, well, it could be Manny, it could be Shane, and then killing them, but in the third episode, um, it's now Halloween, so everyone's in costume. Kim is Michelle Obama. Manny is Prince. Um, Amir is dressed up as Dion, which everyone calls out for being weird. Um, I, I, I absolutely love Dion says, um, uh, like, you really, you're going to call that behavior weird when you're talking to the guy you're dressed as? Yeah. And um, so... They, Dion, um, borrows Liv's car, and we, we're not mentioning Liv a ton, um, you get a lot of Liv in the show, but she's, like, not an incredibly interesting character, like, her dad's a cop, and seems like a dick, and for the season three, I'm gonna call him the murderer, <laughs> even though I was super wrong about who it was in season one, but her dad is, like, bizarrely controlling, and the day after Avery is killed, he won't let her leave the house. He catches her at the bus stop with Dion. He kind of threatens, like, low-key threatens Dion, which I did not like. Yeah. And is like, don't date my daughter. Um, And Dion's like, can you chill the fuck out? We're standing at, well, I'm paraphrasing. He's very respectful and doesn't say any of this. But I was upset for Dion because he wasn't doing anything. Liv was the one who was out past her curfew of not being allowed to leave the house ever. And, you know, so yeah, I, that's my vote for season three. I have no other evidence to back it up other than that Liv's dad is a jerk. I mean, he could die in episode four. I have no idea. I also so, looked up who, who the killer was in this one. Okay. Here, say it, but bleep it out. <laughs> what? So okay. I just, I just revealed to Susie who the killer was and you heard the bleep. And I explained what the killers were about. <laughs> and I was super wrong again. Um, you, you, you had one half of the first killer right. No, I didn't at all. What are no, you talking no, about? No, in the, in the first season. The, fir the first killer is the secret love child of the mom and 
the original killer. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Oh goodness. (laughs) Okay. So um the the day quickly unravels. They um Dion drives out to the boonies because he's going to the old town they lived in. Uh, by the junkyard and Liv has tracked them. They drove out in Kim's car, even though Kim is holding a safe Halloween in the library of the high school. And she's um, understandably put out about having to kind of deal with Dion's nonsense. And then Look, um, I just, sorry, before we close, I just want to say Kim is my favorite character of both these seasons. <laughs> Kim is very reasonable. Like, I think what's interesting about Kim is that everyone in the universe of the show acts like she is unreasonable all of the time. But Kim is actual, like, in actuality, the most reasonable and the most responsible. Uh, So one of my big things about these shows is that, like, you'll have a character like Kim who is just like, I want to just, you know, um, protest things and like because it makes me look good kim is actually helping her community and like i love you know even though manny accuses her of just they get into a fight um because there are rednecks threatening kim and liv has uh stabbed a switchblade why did liv have a switchblade into Kim's tire and she blames these like confederate assholes for it um who are dressed up like confederate soldiers in a pickup truck uh flying a what do they call it a, like confederate like dixie flag yeah the then, um stars and bars yeah so then she tries to drive back for the halloween um like party activity on the flat tire uh and Manny runs after is it Manny who runs after her? Yeah. Man or is it Amir? No, because Amir is with uh Dion and Liv. So Manny runs after her. Kim tries to also run after her, but uh not Kim, Beth, but hurts her ankle in her boots. Manny um breaks the arm of one of the Confederate guys and uh, ends up in Kim's car, which is then lit on fire, and they, everyone ends up converging in the cornfield as the car explodes. Uh, Kim is inconsolable. Dion um, talks to Liv. It, this scene was very dark, and I did not understand exactly what was going on. <laughs> um, we- yeah. But yeah, uh, Dion also talked to Hookman, who uh, I kind of... Oh, yeah. And Hookman gets killed. So, you know, I'm, like we can also now realize there's two killers, mm-hmm. like, in two separate places. So, um, And Dion comes home to Tyga and says, like, I know that we have a lot of work to do on our relationship, but you're the only brother I have. And he tells his mom that they have to let Marcus go, and she says, I can't. It's hard. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a a pretty rough a pretty rough uh, episode and show. Yeah, um, I I would recommend season three. I would not recommend season one. Yeah, I just I don't. Season one is much longer. It's uh, ten episodes. Season three moves at a pretty fast clip because they only have six episodes and. We watched three of them already. Um, with what Frank has told me about the killers, I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, but we want to thank Zoe for writing in. If you also want to write in to us, you can write us at realteengirltalk at gmail.com. Um, we have a Facebook group and page where uh, Frank moderates. Frank has another podcast called I Hope I Can Make It Through with his friend Donnie. They are in season six of Degrassi and just covered the many saints in New York. Newark, I mean. Um, uh, We have merch for sale. Link is in the bio. Public, as always, is having a sale this week. (laughs) And um, next week, we will be talking Dune. I'm so excited. Uh, Yes. So until next week, I'm Susie Coda. I'm Franklin Coda. Team Team Coda. Coda.
and he taught me to sing a song. If you'd like to hear it, I can sing it for you. Yes, I'd like to hear it, Hal. Sing it for me. It's called Daisy. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.